Hey Bubblies, and welcome to a bonus mini bubble. I am your host, Jen, and today is this little old podcast's podiversary. Three years ago, I launched my streaming bubble and had no idea what I was doing. I still don't, but I didn't then either. (laughs) So for today's very special mini bubble, I'm going to finally finish those AMA questions, plus share a little bit of what's been streaming in my spooky bubble during this spooky season. But first, old business. So I'm going to finish up these last few questions that I have. Again, I want to thank my beautiful bot. I want to thank my beautiful podcast brain twin, Aaron, over there at It's a Fandom Thing Pod, Carla from the podcast Bedwetter Behead, two of my favorite people to tolerate, Laura and Eric, and some of my best good friends, Kelly and Aaron, for submitting questions. So hopefully I have answered um, most of the questions that were submitted. I only have a few. So we'll go ahead and get right to it. So the, the first question I have today is, I can't remember if this was already asked, but if you could live in any movie, what movie would you choose or television show? So this question was not asked, but question, very similar questions like shows to visit, sets, uh, if I could be a character, kind of stuff like that. So, but a show or movie that I would want to live in. Oh, let's see. Um, I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go no superhero show or movie. So no MCU, no DCEU. <laughs> um, there's just way too much destruction. And God knows what those insurance rates look like. So i uh, going to hard pass on that. But maybe someplace that still has like some magic to it. And maybe kind of dark and spooky. And maybe it's just because it's spooky season and I've been rewatching it. But uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, That could be kind of fun. There's a lot of fucked up shit that happens. That town is always under attack, but there is magic. And Aunt Hilda, and I love Aunt Hilda so, so much. Uh, It could be fun to be, it could be fun to be in the like Disney Pixar universe. Maybe not as one of the princesses per se, but uh, that could be interesting. Talking animals and whatnot and princesses on the run. (laughs) Um... Oh, so, okay, Once Upon a Time. That could be kind of fun. You get to kind of bounce back and forth between, like, the storybook world and the real world, and there is magic and all of that, and all the the same, like, Disney characters and stuff, just, you know, live action. So that could be, that might not be too bad, just as long as we stay away from any curses and any more, like, chosen ones. Next question is, remakes can be annoying, but is there a show or movie you would like to see redone? If so, do you have a cast in mind? Oh, so yes, remakes can be annoying. There are a few that I think the remakes are actually better than the originals, but that's not what this question is about. Um, There are plenty of movies that have been made over the years that have like a really great plot or premise. Um, but just poorly executed. And of course, my brain is not going to brain for me right now. And I can't think of a single one, but I know there are plenty. Um, But when it comes to like remaking the classics, I, I get wanting to share that story with a newer audience, maybe do a little bit of updating to like, um, you know, with technology or whatever to incorporate into the story. Uh, I Like I said, I get it, but just 
stop. <laughs> Let the classics kind of be the classics. I, I think it gets really tricky, too, when folks want to try and remake already widely beloved movies because uh, immediately people are not going to be excited and they're just going to be ready to poo-poo on it. So with that said, um, I uh, so I ended up I just kind of <laughs> I did a Google of what movies should be remade and did a quick scroll through a couple of lists that I saw. And a lot of the same titles, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Outsiders, uh, 12 Angry Men. And while I don't necessarily disagree that these movies could be remade, I just don't think that they should be a priority in the remake world. Um, I Like I said, I get wanting to update stories and share them with um, younger audiences, new audience members, uh, updating the cast to be familiar faces for now, today's stars and, and pop culture icons and all of that. But those, you know, just... Those few movies are already so really well done and so well received, I think, that uh, it's, again, it's going to be tricky. But I think, and I'm not against it, but it's approach with, with caution kind of thing. Um, But I think a movie that could actually be kind of fun to have as a remake uh, would be 1987's Monster Squad. Wolfman has nards. <laughs> I loved that movie when I was a kid and I was like obsessed with it. So I think I think it'd be really kind of fun to update to remake that one. Fresh cast of actors, uh kids since it's centered around a group of kids that hunt these monsters, Dracula, Wolfman, um there's Frankenstein's monster and the mummy, just all the classics. Uh, that could be, I think that could be a lot of fun and whether they want to stick to classic uh, cryptids and paranormal ghosty figures like that or kind of introduce some newer cryptids or even like different like creepypasta characters or something. That might not be too bad. That could be kind of cool. So again, it would just kind of depend on the writing and what the overall plot will end up being. But I think I think Monster Squad could be a lot of fun and a good way to get some new actors, yeah, fresh faces in there and to get their kind of, you know, hopefully helps jumpstart their career. So, and as long as the movie, if <laughs> I talk like it's already like in the works to be remade, but if they ever decide to remake Monster Squad, as long as they don't rely too heavily on special effects and work more with like practical effects for the different monsters and anything else that they're going to try and show, I think that's definitely going to be preferred and that will at least be well received, if not anything else with the movie. So final answer, Monster Squad. All right, next question. Do you think TV and movies are heading in a good direction in regards to casting, stories, and subject matter, or worse? If worse, when was its peak and why do you think it peaked then? So I think that... You know, we're always going to have our blockbusters. We're always, you know, we've got our superhero movies now. It's pretty much a staple in our entertainment industry. And but I think that, you know, when it comes to casting for the different characters, being more inclusive and, and more diverse with it and not being afraid to do gender bent or switch races or non make a character non-binary. Um, I think these are all great decisions. 
I think it's important that everyone gets a chance to see themselves on screen some way or another. I think it's really, really important. Um, as I've gotten older, and especially with having kids, I'm really, really realizing just how important it was and how much the diversity was lacking in casts growing up uh, with the stuff that I watched. So I think we're definitely moving in in a good direction there. There's always going to be haters and party poopers and whiny babies about it, but we can't let them control everything. You know, and I and I truly believe that they are just a very, very loud minority and that overall these updates are being uh, received well across the board, you know, majority speaking. So and then in terms of stories, you know, definitely original stories or even tackling subject matters that might be really, really tough to try and tackle and think it being done like very well and delicately. Uh, for example, I thought the Netflix movie, The Lucky uh, Luckiest Girl Alive with Mila Kunis and Finn Whitrock, it deals with some very, very sensitive subject matter, but I thought it did it very, very well. I understand that not everyone agrees with that point of view, and that's totally fine because of the subject matter being so sensitive everyone's going to have a different take on it and everyone's take is perfectly valid. So um, without going too much into that, if you're interested in kind of knowing a bit more on my thoughts on that, Aaron over at It's a Fandom Thing Pod, go to our YouTube channel. We did a live uh, stream review of it a couple weeks ago and it was a really, really good conversation. And I'm really, I'm like really proud of that one. <laughs> I was a really good grown up during that. Um, but I think that's just a, a good example of tackling very, very tricky and difficult stories to tell, but doing it, I think, very well. Um, and I think Hollywood shouldn't shy away and should really make sure that they're putting the right people in charge to tell these difficult stories. Um, make sure they have the right people on set so that these stories are being told well and people are being kind of, you know, taken care of. Uh, during maybe shooting some of the different scenes and whatnot, uh, intimacy coordinators and all of that kind of stuff, and really making sure that they're doing a good job capturing the perspective that they want without being uh, like insulting or condescending in any way and have it feel feel real and impactful. I don't know. I don't think we're – I don't think things are getting worse. I think it's just a matter of there's just so much – movie and media to consume you're you're going to have your pick from your independent films and stories to your big blockbusters and your rom-coms kind of a little bit more recycled kind of plots or themes but i don't think that necessarily means it's going it's getting worse and i don't want to think that we've peaked either i think we can always do better and always progress so that's what So yeah, I don't think I don't think it's worse and I don't think we've peaked either. And hopefully we never peak because it feels like after that, you know, yeah, everything's all downhill and it's just going to be easy and you know, while there's always while I always enjoy a nice kind of shut the brain off type movie, I don't always want my shows and movies to be easy. I like kind of hard watches, things, ones that make you think. 
uh, ones that maybe just kind of stick with you and linger for a while. So and whether that's, oh, my God, that was such a great fight sequence in the in the latest Marvel movie, too. That was a really deep uh, subject matter. And it really kind of changed my perspective on things. So it's across the board. And I think as long as we keep pushing to be better and be more inclusive in our storytelling and sensitive in our storytelling, um, I think that's what's important and not about necessarily peaking. We definitely don't want to get worse. So let's just keep that in mind. All right. Well, I think I rambled enough for that answer. We'll go ahead and get on to the last one that I have. And I think I answered this one in my last AMA, uh, but my notes are for shit and I cannot tell if it actually made it into the last episode. I suppose I could have just listened to it, but I've got other things I need to do today. (laughs) I always do these when I'm like on a time crunch and I really need to stop doing that to myself. But So just in case I didn't answer it last time, the question was, why can't you keep your aquatic pets alive? Um, And the short answer is it's because we're bad at it. Uh, The oldest wanted a fish, so we had gotten a fish. Well, it started off with a snail from a school thing. Uh, The snail didn't make it. And then we got a fish, and the fish lasted, I don't know, maybe a week or (laughs) just shy of a week. And... So we're just kind of like, well, all right. You know, we knew we weren't going to be super successful the first go around with the fish. Uh, my husband grew up, his uh, his dad's house had fish and fish tanks. And um, so he's somewhat familiar with it and understands that, you know, you're going to flush a few. But we just, we weren't really, sh- so we weren't super surprised, but clearly we weren't entirely sure what we were doing wrong. Uh, and then when I went online and actually was reading reviews for the little fish tank we had gotten, it was poorly rated and a lot of complaints about like the filter kind of being too strong and um, that seeming to be an issue with tuckering the poor little fishies out. So we've we haven't given up on owning a fish. Uh, we're trying we got a we got a little bit larger fish tank, so we'll just need to get kind of all the guts and everything for that and start getting all of that set up and hopefully do a little bit better job of making sure that's all prepped up and ready. You know, because I think you got to do things like making sure the water sits in the tank for a while at room temperature. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. And get a new filter and new, just new, all, all the stuff. So we're not going to give up. I think it would be kind of cool and kind of fun to have a little fishy tank. Uh, It'd be the oldest sole responsibility. That'd be his fish. So I'm, I'm all for, him wanting to learn kind of pet ownership responsibility. So it's a place to start, but nothing yet. And I don't know, maybe I'll keep everyone posted when and if we do get a new aquatic pet. Okay, well, that's going to cover the AMA portion of this bonus mini bubble. Uh, But yeah, if I I missed one of your questions or you have a new question you want to ask me, uh, you can email them to mystreamingbubble at gmail.com. All right, on to new business. So for spooky season, I have been catching up on some horror movies and doing some horror movie rewatches and just kind of getting into the (laughs) spirit of the season. So for some of our fall family movies that we've watched, uh, it's been, you know, the 90s Adams Family and Adams Family Values, uh, The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown with the best notary joke ever. Uh, The first Hocus Pocus, we haven't watched the sequel yet. 
Uh, and then I just rewatched The Craft the other night, and I fucking love that movie so much. Um, I got a couple other ones lined up to watch yet, and but I've been kind of I've been really enjoying that, and I've I've kind of I've fallen a bit behind on my horror movies uh, over the last few years and stuff, so it's been kind of nice to uh, play catch up and just rewatch some old favorites. It's like warm and cozy. But I'm not here to talk about those movies that I've seen a whole bunch of times, but two movies specifically that I recently rewatched. Um, these are kind of special in that I've read the books before I watched the movies, and so I'm somewhat familiar with the books. Um, but we're going to see now if I have become a member of The Book Was Better Club. So the movies that I'm going to be talking about right now are my Best Friend's Exorcism, which is on Amazon Prime, and the book is written by Grady Hendrix, and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, uh, based on the book trilogy written by Alvin Schwartz, directed by Andre Ovredal, my apologies, and written and produced by Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Hmm. I see my mouth is betraying me once again. So we'll start with... um. We'll start with scary stories to tell in the dark. So I am more than familiar with this book series, uh, the trilogy. I still have a copy of my original trilogy. My husband still has his copy. So we have them sprinkled throughout the house. Uh, just mildly ter terrorizing, terrifying the children. It's fine. They're fine. So when they announced that this movie, that they were going to make this movie... You know, I was I was initially really excited because I was like, oh, this is going to be good. You know, Guillermo del Toro's doing it. So I was like, sweet. Uh, I And I actually didn't end up watching it until just the other day because I think, I don't know, I think by the time it came out and everything, I just, I kind of lost <laughs> interest. My excitement had waned a little bit, but I knew I was going to end up sitting down to watch it and I did. And while I knew they were going to tell... A few, well, I knew like kind of a couple of the stories that they were going to tell based on the trailers and everything. I was kind of hoping to get a couple of more stories from the book trail, uh, from the books, but we didn't. I think we only got, it wasn't really a lot. It was kind of disappointing, to be honest. I know that there's going to be, you know, they've got to, make the necessary changes when adapt adapting from book to screen. And especially when you've got something anthology like this, you know, it's how, how do you want to go about it? And I don't really care for the way that they chose to tell the different scary stories. There was just too much overall plot with the kids and the curse and all of that. Uh, the book itself was kind of cool. I liked how uh, that all, they, they kind of worked that all in, but I really... I was just kind of expecting something more along the lines of just here's this really simple reason why we're going to take you from story to story to story to story. So something, you know, more along the lines of like a VHS kind of thing or, um, oh shit, what's that fucking movie? Tales from the Dark Side. And it starts off like Debbie Harry is like from the 80s and Debbie Harry's like a witch and she's got like a boy like it's very kind of Hansel and Gretel-ish in that she's getting ready to like cook up this child. And but she's telling uh, these different kind of like scary stories throughout, you know, and that's how they're 
they tell these stories as Debbie Harry is telling these stories to a terrified boy as she's preparing to cook and eat him. So I was kind of expecting something more like that. I didn't need a whole lot, and I felt like they gave us way too much. So it it really kind of lulled in between each scary story that they were telling. Uh, the sequences themselves were okay. Uh, the one that's terrified me the most was uh, the one with the spider, where the spider lays eggs in the girl's face. Um, I hated that story as a child, but I like always stared at that picture. Um, and the illustrations from the book are just wonderfully, delightfully terrifying. Love them so much. Um, my kids don't really care for them. They're too scary. <laughs> kids today are too soft. No. So, but because of my fear of spiders, that, that was like the sequence that got to me the most. And I liked that. I don't know if I liked it or not. At first, I liked that they were going to tell the story of Harold because that one fucked me up when I was a kid. Because uh, it ends with him like laying skin out on the top barn or top of the barn to like dry. And so in watching that sequence, I was really wondering like, oh, my God, are they actually going to fucking do it? And they didn't. They've made their, you know, necessary changes to follow along with the overall plot of the movie. So that's it's it is what it is. But it just it was very disappointing. <laughs> I was very I was kind of disappointed in this movie, but. You know, I still enjoyed it. I didn't completely hate it. I knew that there was going to be some things that I wasn't going to completely be sold on. But again, it thinking it was going to be one style of storytelling and then it wasn't that, I, I think just kind of threw me a bit too much and I just wasn't ready to pay that much attention to the in-between the scary stories. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And the other thing, I think the other issue with this movie that I had is that it's PG-13. I understand wanting to go for the PG-13 rating and kind of throw that net to get that wider audience, to get that teen audience. Um, So that makes sense. Uh, Maybe that's why I ended up steering clear from it for so long was when it was announced that it was a PG-13. So so all that considered, it's okay. It's a movie that exists. Uh, people, if you're familiar with the books and the story, you still might get a, a kick out of it. Um, but I could have used, I really could have used more scary stories to tell in the dark and less of the plot of the, I don't know, cursed lady, whatever. <laughs> so... Final verdict was the books are the books better? Absolutely in this case. <laughs> and I don't say I don't get to say that much, so it's kind of fun for me. I'm I'm one of those now. Ooh. All right. And the next one that I'll talk about real quick is the book adaptation of My Best Friend's Exorcism, written by Grady Hendrix. Uh the movie is on Amazon Prime, and it is a movie that exists. <laughs> I, again, I understand that thing, not everything from the book is going to make it into the movie. I get that. My issues with this movie. So they really missed the opportunity to kind of lay the foundation as to why these two are best friends. I didn't expect a whole lot of the backstory from when they were kids and everything, but at least a little something. Maybe a start off with a flashback to the birthday party, the E.T.-themed birthday party. Uh, that 
would have been better than nothing. So we're just kind of thrown into this friendship and we're supposed to right away buy that these are like ride or die besties for life. And I just, I wasn't getting that. I just, it just, I just did not get that at all uh, right off the bat. So with that, <laughs> um, it, everything else then also felt very rushed. It, the pacing of it just felt really off. Like we were just trying to get to these certain points, like from the story so they could show us what they did with it on screen. And like kind of how, um, kind of how like Gretchen, like the demon possessing Gretchen or whatever was starting to affect Margaret with the shakes, um, not physically the shakes, but like drinking the shakes and, and with glee and kind of outing glee and all of that. It's so it just felt like they were rushing to kind of get to those moments. And then those moments felt very, very underwhelming and kind of anticlimactic and I don't think they did a good enough job kind of building up to these moments of uh like betrayal uh deception and so it just kind of made it very hard to feel like this group of friends were were close in any way and especially again the relationship with Abby and Gretchen let me try and think of something good to say <laughs> um Okay, okay. I did like uh the kind of bodybuilder, the Christian Lemon guy uh from the book, although in the book and forgive me because it's been a while since I've read the book and I didn't reread it before doing this because I just had to get all of this out first. Um but I believe in the book, uh the guy doing uh helping Abby with the exorcism, yeah, he bails, but he eventually I thought came back and helps her out to kind of finish it finish it through. And maybe I'm not remembering that correctly, but when he bailed and we didn't see him again, that was really disappointing. I thought maybe they'd keep him around kind of for the rest of it and maybe skip the him bailing out part. And they changed the character, the Christian Lemon character, I think a little bit from the book. But again, I don't remember 100%. Um, but in the movie, these him and his brothers are these very like motivational speaker of... Christianity and Jesus and all of that. And I don't remember if that's exactly what it was in the book, but I did find those guys to be pretty entertaining and their little bits uh, when they're, I think, like at the mall or something doing their shit. Um, and the actor that played Christian Lemon is, where is his name? Here we go. Christopher Lowell. And it took me, I couldn't place him right away. And it took me a while, but I remember him fuck, where did it go? What was it? It was like enlisted. There it is. I always want to say it's called delisted, but that's incorrect. And it was, so the show was called enlisted and it ran maybe like a season. Um, and it's okay. Here it is. So it's from 2014. It was a TV series. It's got 13 episodes. So that's only about a season. And I thought it was really, really funny. It's about three brothers that join that are in the military and they're, <laughs> I don't know. I just I love them. But um, yeah, I I feel bad for that show because I don't think it got a fair chance. But it was really, really funny. And it's got one of my one of my favorite jokes and lines about gin, the the alcoholic beverage. OK, sorry. Rambled on about that. 
But yeah, so that's that's going to, I guess, kind of sum up a very quick summary of my feelings on the movie. I was overall let down <laughs> and really, really bummed that we got what we got. I, I thought the acting was okay. The writing was okay. Um, oh, and the ending just felt really weird. So again, as I've said, it's been a couple of years since I've read the book. But I don't remember the big fight scene with the evil demon thing looking so much like fucking Gollum. So that was really weird. And that definitely took me out of the moment because I was like, what the fuck happened here? What am I watching now? And so that was that really I so that missed the mark for sure. And yeah, it just. It was really disappointing. I was really bummed that it didn't do a bit better of a job. <laughs> so I don't know if it's supposed to be like a, a horror comedy as well or anything, but it wasn't like super funny. Uh, again, the brother Lemon, Christian Lemon or whatever guy that helps, tries to help with the exorcism. I enjoyed him. He was genuinely funny, but other than that, I, yeah, I just... I could not buy that that these friends cared that much about each other. And I think this I think this could have done better as maybe like a just a limited edition, like a limited series, just like a one season or a mini series kind of thing to kind of help establish the friendship first and then and then be able to spend a little bit more time with kind of the horror aspects of it. And then maybe, you know, if they wanted to kind of refine some of the writing and make it a little funnier or anything like that or a little scarier or just more like emotionally gut-wrenching, um, that's not going to hurt anything either. <laughs> so it's unfortunate because I believe they're making um, one of Grady's other books, The Final Girls Support Group, into, I think, a TV series. I can't remember if it's a series or a movie. But I really enjoyed that book as well. So I'm not sure. I don't know that I'm super duper excited about that coming out now, but I, I haven't really looked into it. So it could be a completely different, you know, completely different folks in charge of producing that series. So maybe it'll be better. But um, so, yeah, this one is definitely the book was better. I <laughs> I have no problem shouting that one off out uh into the void off the rooftops for everyone to hear the book was definitely better and i i recommend grady hendrix's books i haven't read them all but i've read uh this one my best friend's exorcism as i said uh the final girl support group and that's just such a great book and the way it kind of it way it pays homages to horror movies and all the final girls that we know and love from all the horror movies and the fact that within this reality they exist and then the movies are made off of their experiences i just i loved it it was it was a lot of fun it was a really good i i do audiobooks so it was a really good listen another one that i really really enjoyed by Grady Hendrix was, um, oh shit, let me get the title because it's kind of a long one and I always fuck it up. It's called The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. And 
I loved that book. That one was by far, I think, maybe my favorite out of the three that I've read. Have I read another Grady Hendrix book? I can't remember now. Um, But there's uh, no spoilers, but there's a scene in in the book that had me. I was in the shower listening to the audiobook, and the way it was written and the suspense. Oh, my God. It had me fucking screaming in the shower. There's nothing I could do. Couldn't get out and stop anything. I just. Oh, my God. And I just. Oh, I felt just all twitchy and itchy and icky the rest of the day. So well done. That that really upset me. <laughs> and I loved every fucking minute of it. <laughs> so I'm just laughing to myself because I thought I had pushed record to start closing out this mini bubble. And I was doing a really, really good job. I wasn't being awkward or anything. And I realized I wasn't fucking recording. So I've been sitting here laughing about that for like two and a half minutes now. So... <laughs> It's too bad because it was really, really good. And I don't think I can recreate it, but I'm going to try. All right. So that's going to do it for me today in this bonus mini bubble. I want to thank you all so much for listening and for listening for the last three years and supporting this little old podcast in all the ways that you do from the listens to the shares to the reviews, um, comments, whatever. And there's been a few sales from the Redbubble store. So thank you all so much for that. I hope you've enjoyed your merchandise. Oh my God, I have merch. It's so wild. Um, But yeah, I just, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed this chapter of my life of being uh, an indie podcaster. I have so much fun with it and I'm getting more and more comfortable and more and more eager to kind of take this little old podcast to the next level slowly, but surely I'm all about the baby steps and I'm trying really hard not to put the cart in front of the horse, but sometimes I'll just start running with the cart or running with the horse because I just get really, really excited. I forget what the fuck I'm doing, but I couldn't have done it and I wouldn't still be doing it if it wasn't for the love and support that I have received from friends, families, listeners, and for all the amazing people that I've met on this journey. Uh, I love you all so much and it means the world to me that you guys listen and support. Um, Obviously, like I said, my family, so my kids are very supportive, as I've said in uh, past mini bubbles, husband's super supportive, and I just, I'm just, I'm so lucky to be able to do this. And I'm so, I'm just, I'm so grateful for this opportunity and the fact that I even, hell, have the gumption to maintain this and to sustain this and to keep moving forward and to wanting to keep doing better and improving. And I just, you know, and thank you all for your patience during this journey. Uh, The first episode definitely was a bit more rough than maybe my most recent episode, but that's okay. I don't mind sharing that with with all my lovely listeners and with my support folks and I'm I want to and I'm just I'm so fucking grateful. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um oh, yes, I know what else to say. I have it fucking written down. Jesus Christ. All right. So, with all of that said, I want to try and pay it forward with the indie podcast community. And if you are an indie podcaster and you have a promo that you would like to share and have be featured, have be featured, Jesus, and have featured uh, on this podcast, 
go ahead and shoot me an email, mystreamingbubble at gmail.com. And I want to start help uplift other indie creators and just kind of help spread the word little by little. Every little bit helps. I've I don't think I'd be where I was without the help and support of the podcast community. So again, this is kind of just my small way of paying it forward. So again, send those promos to mystreamingbubble at gmail.com. You can also just follow me on Twitter uh, at streamingbubble. You can also uh, follow me on Facebook and Instagram. You can find me there as mystreamingbubble. And other ways you want to support, uh, again, that Redbubble store. You can find it over at redbubble.com, my streaming bubble. Uh, You can also search me over at buymeacoffee.com, and you can show support that way as well. Otherwise, just rate, review, share, 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 share. That's how, you know, we really kind of grow our audience by word of mouth. So every little bit, every little bit helps. So you tell your friends, your family, your mom, your dad, your grandma, your postal carrier, whatever. Let them know. All right. Well, yeah, I think that's going to do it for me today. And I, God, could I say thank you one more time? Probably, but I'm not going to. So (laughs) just kidding. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting this little podcast for three years. And here's to another fabulous three years. Thank you all so much and keep streaming. Bye.